welcome to Unfolding Words, the weekly podcast aimed at sharing biblical truth to offer light for your walk and life for your soul. I'm your host, Antracia Moorings, and this is episode number 66, Four Ways to Sharpen Your Spiritual Discernment. And today I want to talk about why you need to have spiritual discernment for yourself. So lately, I've been noticing an influx of discernment ministries. These are those people or groups who take it upon themselves to let other Christians know who's a false prophet or what false teaching to steer clear of. So they'll mention books or ministries or music that you should be aware of that has false theology or something that is not aligned with scripture. And while this is necessary work, I cringe when I see comments from people who ask, is this person okay? Is it okay to listen to this music? Can I listen to this preacher? And instead of depending on someone else, you need to be able to discern good from bad on your own. Think about those of you who are parents. Think about your children. When they're younger, they have to ask, you know, is this good? Can I do this? Can I do that? But as they grow into the teenage years, you're trusting that you've taught them enough that they're mature enough to know right from wrong, what they can and cannot do. And while they're still growing, they should be a at a point where they're independent in their thinking. And it's the same with us as Christians. After a certain point, we have to be grown and mature enough to discern for ourselves. So while the heart behind these ministries, I think is good, I think that the method or the way that we approach them can be different. So there has to be a level of personal responsibility that we ourselves have to take responsibility for. So when a teller or retail worker learns about counterfeit bills, they don't study the counterfeit bills. Instead, they study the real ones. Fake ones can change every day. So they would have to keep up with the myriad of fake bills. But the real government issued ones set the standard. And the same for us who walk with God. We cannot study every false teaching, every false teacher, doctrine, minister, or person. We have to go to the source, which is the scriptures, in order to know what is right and what is wrong. Elizabeth Elliot, who you know is one of my favorites, if you've been listening for any amount of time, said this quote, The word of God I think of as a straight edge, which shows up our own crookedness. We can't really tell how crooked our thinking is until we line it up with the straight edge of scripture. So if you do not know scripture, you will not be able to discern what is right and wrong with regard to false teaching. That is the first standard, knowing the word of God for ourselves. Hebrews 5 verses 12 through 14 say this, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So in the previous chapters of Hebrews, the writer had been expounding on some heavy questions, truths that are essential to the understanding of Christianity, but his audience was not mature enough to comprehend these. So the author 
isn't rubbing them gently on the back saying, that's okay, you're a baby saint, we'll walk you through this as long as we have to. No, his attitude is, you ought to have been trained better by now. The Greek word for trained contains a root from the word where we get our word gymnasium. So the phrase that's translated constant practice carries the sense of a habit. So the writer's saying you should have been in constant training to develop the habit of distinguishing good from evil. That's work far from being spoon fed as a child. So when you are an immature or a baby saint and not saying immature in a bad way, but just when you're not yet had your senses trained, you're going to be spoon fed. You're going to have to ask, is this book okay? Or is this teaching okay? But after you get out of that spoon fed baby stage, you should be able to tell for yourself when something is off. The successful training of the senses is the result of practice and practice makes perfect. So this Greek word hexen appears in the New Testament, and this is the only time it appears. Vine's Dictionary says that it denotes a habit, experience, or use. And F.F. Bruce says in his commentary on Hebrews that it is experience acquired through practice. It is not something that comes overnight, but Your senses being trained, your discernment being sharpened happens through diligence. If you're going to live for God, you must train your senses according to the truths of God's word to be able to tell the difference between right and wrong. Otherwise, you're going to find yourselves like those in the book of Judges, where everyone did what was right in their own eyes. There has to be a standard among which you're setting the standard of truth. Hebrews 5.14 is the only time that this Greek word, eisteteria, or senses, is used in the Bible. It describes more than our five senses. It means your mental faculties, the ability to truly perceive with the organs of sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch take into the mind. Vine's Dictionary of New Testament Words says it is the capacity of spiritual apprehension. Every person can look, but mature Christians can see. And this seeing involves more just than taking something in with your eyesight. It involves perception and judgment. This reminds me of Isaac in the Old Testament. His senses told him one thing when Jacob came dressed as his twin brother Esau, but his mental faculties were telling him another but he went with his senses. He should have gone with his better judgment instead of depending solely on his senses. And that's how we can get duped. When we feel good about something, a message that we hear or a book that we hear, we can often think that this has to be right doctrine. It leaves me feeling good, but that cannot be our barometer. It is our job as mature Christians to distinguish and distinguishing means deciding you pass a sentence on it's an act of judgment. So it's mature Christians who are able to distinguish properly. In 1 Kings 3 and 9, Solomon said this, Therefore give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people and to discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? So discernment is something that we need if we're 
going to be able to understand the difference between good and evil. Paul urged Christians to stay away from false teaching a number of times in his epistles. And it's ultimately your pastor's duty to warn you as well. But at the same time, you are not to leave this duty solely to your pastor. You can't run to your pastor every time you have a question about something. You have to be aware as well because your pastor won't be there every waking moment of your life. So you have to know what to put on your plate and what to steer clear of. And once you become mature, false teaching will be easier to detect. Just as you hear someone sing out of key, that's how easy it will be to understand what is false teaching and what is sound doctrine. Once you continually train your senses, you'll get better at discerning. First John 4 and 6 says, we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So if you were not listening to those that God sent, then you automatically know that that is a red flag. So as I mentioned in 1 Kings 3 and 9, Solomon asked for a discerning heart so that he could lead God's people and distinguish between right and wrong. And he went on to lead the Israelites through a time of peace. And he wrote a lot of the Proverbs because of the wisdom that he had. But the sad and tragic thing is that he failed to discern the risks that having too many wives and concubines would bring to his life. As wise as Solomon was, he is a flawed example of discernment gone wrong or not used properly. However, we have a greater example in Jesus. He's the ultimate example of discernment. In John chapter 2, verses 24 through 25, it shows us that he knows all men and he also knows what's in our hearts. So how do you get discernment? God ties discernment to spiritual maturity and spiritual maturity is linked to wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Discernment is an acuteness of understanding. It's a spiritual gift as well as something that we are to grow into. So I want to share four ways that you can grow in or sharpen your discernment. First of all, realize that there are false teachers out there. First John 4 and 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. So the bottom line here is don't believe everything you hear. Just because someone is a Christian or stamps a Christian label on something or gets behind a pulpit or has a message in a church or even has a large Christian following, and I'm putting air quotes around Christian, does not mean that they cannot be a false teacher. So just because they have the appearance of Christian and they have a large following and people are applauding them and praising them does not mean that they're teaching the right thing. There are people claiming to proclaim truth while they are really speaking lies. So remember, it's the wolves who come in sheep's clothing. So they're going to look just like the people of God, but you have to listen to what they're saying. And Jesus said this would happen. And he gave two particular warnings regarding false teachers. While false teachers often appear harmless, their intent is very malicious. Jesus warns in Matthew 7, 15, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly 
are ravenous wolves. False teachers look the part. That's the catch. They're going to look like the Christian world. They will say many of the right things and act in the right ways, but the ulterior motive is to destroy people by leading them away from the truth. And while false teachers may appear to be successful, their work is destructive. Jesus also warns in Matthew 24 and 11 that many false teachers will arise and lead many people astray. So just because someone has a large following, like I mentioned earlier, opens up a Bible does not mean that they are a good teacher. Just because their books are flying off the shelves does not give you a stamp of approval from God to follow them and to consume their teaching. Many false teachers have huge ministries, popularity, and influence. So that should give you pause. If they have a large following, and I'm not, let me say this right now, there I'm not saying that if someone has a large following that they're a false prophet, but that should make you look a little closer if that is the case. Make sure that everything that they're saying is lining up with scripture. It's possible for someone to be famous, well-educated, have a New York Times bestseller, have that blue check mark next to their name on Twitter or Instagram, and they can use that fame to lead people away from the truth and away from Christ, even though they have a Christian stamp or label on their ministry. Second way to sharpen your spiritual discernment, put all teachers to the test. John says in 1 John 4 and 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. John offers two questions to ask about every teacher who claims to speak God's truth. So you have to test the spirits. Another crucial aspect of discernment is what the scripture calls discernment of spirits, which we see in 1 Corinthians 12 and 10. So the discernment of spirits helps us to distinguish the real from the phony, the true from the false. In the external world, but also in the interior world where thoughts and motives lives. As we become more attuned to those subtle spiritual things, we're able to distinguish between what is good, that which moves us toward God and his calling upon our lives, and what is evil. And that's the things that draw us away from God. And then we also want to ask, do they teach about Jesus? First John 4 and 2 says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. That's a simple litmus test right there. Someone who won't tell you about Jesus is not speaking the truth about God. So if they will not name the name of Jesus, that's a red flag. If they want to say creator, the universe, the God within you, you have to know that that is a red flag. Jesus is the only way to really know about God. So if you want to know the truth about God, then you have to know about Jesus. You cannot leave him out. John 14 and 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. No one comes to the Father but through me. So if people tell you there are many roads to God, get out of there, run, because the scripture says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. And then, do they teach about Jesus's saving work? First John 4 and 2 says, by this you know the Spirit of God, 
Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. So a central part of John's epistle and central to Christianity is not only the teaching that Jesus came, but why he came. And John laid it out in 1 John 4 and 10. God sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. When John says that true teachers confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, he means that they confess that Jesus Christ came to die and to bear the wrath that we deserved. They proclaim the cross of Christ. So the preaching of the cross is essential to true doctrine. The true doctrine of of God will include the preaching of the cross. And the cross has always been a controversial subject. Some people are offended by the cross, but we have to talk about the cross. When you do, it is a shining declaration that you and I are sinners, makes it undeniably clear that God takes sin seriously. And there are always people who will try and deny these truths, that the cross wasn't necessary. That's a lie right there. Anyone who diminishes or denies or despises the cross is stomping on our faith. That's essential to the doctrine of Christ. And you have to put all teachers to the test. Do they speak about Jesus? Do they speak about Jesus's saving work at the cross? If they don't, don't believe what they say. Do they talk about Jesus's work to take away sin? Or are they just talking to make you feel good? There is a distinction. Next tip to help you sharpen your discernment. Ask God for help. Pray and say, Lord, illuminate my eyes, illuminate my understanding, and he will do it. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, John says you are from God and you have already overcome false teachers. They don't hold any power over you. First John 4 and 4 says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And in John 16, 13, Jesus called the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth and said that when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. This is what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. He's a teacher and he's a leader. And when we are in a position where we need to be discerning and we need to put teaching to the test, God is at our side to help us do this. So it's a simple thing to ask God for help in discernment, but it's a very important way to sharpen your discernment skills. Simply ask the Holy Spirit for help. God delights in answering us And that's the kind of prayer that is definitely in his will. Finally, you want to saturate yourself in the word of God. You want to continually be feasting on the word of God. The word of God is not something that you only partake of when you're in church on Sunday. The word of God should be as necessary as your everyday food. Think about when you don't eat. If you don't if you don't eat breakfast, lunch or dinner for the day, you are weak. So if your spirit man is not feasting on the word of God, then your spirit man is weak and is not even able to discern truth from error. So you have to be filled with the word of God. Listen to the word of God. Read the word of God. The spirit of God will always help you discern the truth of God through the word of God. In 1 John 4, 5 and 6, it says, They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. 
whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how John distinguishes the false teachers from himself and from the other apostles. He says that false prophets are from the world, but he and the other apostles are of Jesus Christ and from God. So just like the prophets from the Old Testament, the apostles of the New Testament were empowered by God to speak God's word. So when John said, we are from God, whoever knows God listens to us. The application for us is to listen to the words of the apostles in our Bibles. If we're going to grow in discernment, we have to steep ourselves in the scriptures. There's no other way around it. So this is how you can grow in discernment. Realize that there's false teachers. Put all the teachers to the test. Ask God for help and listen and know his word. You can increase your discernment. You're responsible for increasing your discernment for yourself. But if you're a parent or responsible for younger people, you also have to help them discern right from wrong by teaching them God's statutes and judgments and laws so that they can live righteously. If we don't teach them, they have a greater probability of walking around without any discernment. And that's a very dangerous thing. You would never have a child walk out into the world not knowing how to cross the street. Like that is the basics of childhood. And when we don't teach our children right from wrong, according to the word of God, that's essentially how they're walking around in the world. Proverbs 15 and 21 says, Folly is joy to him who is destitute of discernment, but a man of understanding walks uprightly. And Proverbs 28, 7, Whoever keeps the law is a discerning son, but a companion of gluttons shames his father. So it's only by sticking close to God's word that we stay closer to wisdom and discernment. It's the word of God that contains the wisdom that we need to rightly discern the thoughts and intents of the mind. This is something that we can do. It's possible because the word says that it is. Today, we see a lot of people turning to friends, therapists, consultants, mediums, astrology, all manner of things to find out what's right and what's wrong. But as God's people, we have to look to him and ask for discernment. Psalm 119 verses 123 through 125 say, My eyes fell from seeking your salvation and your righteous word. Deal with your servant according to your mercy and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. And we could add here, give me discernment. Seek discernment. Discernment is so important. And Solomon was such a great example early on of why discernment was important. Rather than grabbing for riches or fame or power, Solomon requested of God a discerning heart. And so that should be our request as well. Lord, give me discernment. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you were encouraged or edified or learned something, please reach out to me. You can catch me on Instagram at Unfolding Words, Twitter at Unfolding underscore Words, or on Facebook at Unfolding Words. Drop me a line. Let me know that you listen. Say hi. I appreciate everyone reaching out. And if you haven't subscribed already, please consider subscribing. So I'll see you back here next week with some more from God's Word. Until then... May God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.